The Jet Set Breakfast with Michelle Constant. We're going to go down to the Western Cape. And where are we going? We're going to Elgin or that area. Because from the 31st of October until the 8th of November at Wildecrans Country House, which is in Hohook, lovely area, I have to say, and I hope to be going there soon, you can check out an exhibition that is currently happening. It is an exhibition which is titled Eat the Tomatoes Where You Are From. Great title. And it's an incredible collection of paintings celebrating the garden of the Wildekrantz Country House, also celebrating growth, celebrating spring. And on the line, we have the artist, Alice Toich. Alice, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks, Michelle. Thanks for having me. Alice, I just want to start with the title of the exhibition because um, it is a delight and I know that the story behind it is delightful as well. Go, so let us know, where does Eat the Tomatoes, where you come from, uh, originate from? Well, um, it's actually a bit of a, bit of a funny story. I think, um, I don't know, uh, I love in, engaging with other artists' processes and um, I find that often that sometimes when you start a body of work, um, you don't always know where it's going to end up. And that's part of being open to the process. And for me, when I started um, these works, it was actually at Wildecrans Country House, and I had um, just so inspired by the surroundings in the gardens. And um, as they kind of culminated and then um, towards the show and towards the body, I looked back at everything and I thought, this is sort of a homecoming um, of paintings uh, I was in Italy the last three years studying in Florence, and there's been all these incredible links and connections between where I was in Florence, the gardens, the spaces that I was surrounding myself with there, and then coming home, coming back into South Africa, immersing myself in the landscapes, um, and being so excited to do so. And, um, it, you know, the, the title is sort of a reflection on the idea that um, we're always sort of going and coming to all different areas um, in our lives, and the most important thing is is sort of to be present for where you are and um, wherever that is so this you know uh, living abroad it's 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 very easy to fall into the space of of kind of constant comparison yeah. um and and i just thought no this is exhausting like this is not i'm not interested in the comparisons unless you know they're they're about how beautiful the tomatoes are when i'm in italy and when i'm home i kind of write about in my artist statement how gorgeous they're avocados are here and I said you know you don't hear people going to Italy and saying complaining oh the avas are terrible um, yeah. so then why would we come home and say oh the tomatoes aren't the same and there's of course the both metaphors for um, you know greater things greater contexts in life and, um, and something I like to explore with my painting um, definitely which links to the garden is this idea of, of um, cycles in nature, constant yeah. growth, and really tapping into that. What is constant growth? You know? Yeah, it does talk to the idea of the grass is always greener um, and how we just assume that something somewhere else is um, so much better. And yet, as you say, you've come back and you are spending this time at the Wildekrantz Country House, which is in um, Hohook in the Hohook village. Um, what's what's extraordinary about it is that you you are going into small intimate spaces. I mean, you're you're, you're painting plants, you're painting shrubs, trees, mm. the olive grove, and I suppose that does talk to um, the intimacy and discovering the realness of being where you are. Mm. Mm. Yeah, completely. I think that it's it's sort of a constant reminder. To, I, um, part of my practice um, and part of uh, my studying abroad was to convert my practice from 
painting from photographs to painting exclusively from life. And what that means is it's something in front of you being represented. So if I paint a portrait, the person sitting in front of me, if I paint a landscape, I'm, I'm in that landscape, you know, I'm being, you know, stung by the mozzies or sunburns <laughs> or whatever. And um, it couldn't be more important for me to have been at Wilder Krantz and in Hohook in this very special corner of the country um, to have made these works. And it's, it is about that. It's, it's sort of about the um, putting yourself, or, well, realizing the situation you're in and, and endeavoring to find the beauty. I think that that is a noble pursuit in, in anyone, you know, one doesn't have to be a painter or a writer or anything, but, but the daily practice of, of watching a blossom open for you or even on your walk, you know, and in the pavement there's a crack and there's a little flower. And so nature for me has always been this brilliant metaphor for, um, grounding you because it's surprising and uh, this is the first year that I've moved into a place that has a, a small garden that I can nurture and kind of take take under my own wing and it's been such a lesson in in um, not falling victim to this the grass is greener in any situation but to be present to nurture what you have to sort of the idea of like the grass is greener where you water it you know mm. and really concentrating on that and just watching it expand and 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 surprise one is 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 that is something that it's been a joy for me, and I can definitely say that this um, year I, I I'm I'm thrilled to be going and exhibiting um, at Wildecrans and to be exploring the Elgin the the, the gardens in the Great Elgin area and yeah really just yeah. Alice, you know, you, you've, you've been part of an article where you were speaking about the healing power of art. And much mm. of what you're talking about is about that healingness. Um, mm. Talk to us a little bit further about it. Well, I think that we have the art. It's, it's quite strange, and particularly in a time like this. Everyone always, you know, asks, you know, you know, how are artists doing and how does art function in society? And it has an incredibly ameliorating quality to, you know, both the harshness and the, the tragedies of life. And at the same time, it has a quality for, for setting up understanding of deeper abstract feelings. You know, as much as I think as a, as a species would love to believe we're extremely rational and very logical beings, we have, you know, very emotional components to ourselves and I think art is this gift you know in, in music and in dance and movement and writing and in conversation even the art of conversation there are all these gifts we have in order to reconnect with each other mm. and reconnect with ourselves and that yeah. is incredibly healing I hosted a, a sort of challenge over the first 21 days of lockdown which was um, followed with the hashtag uh, 21 days of art and it was kind of a space to get people it was hosted on Instagram out of their heads, you know, when, when we in such a tragic time of a pandemic and all this, to get them out of their heads and, and connected back with their feelings, you know, it was easy to get sort of dislodged from a sense of groundedness when we just have stats every day in news. And I said, that's, you know, one does need to keep up to date, but there's such a fine line. Yeah. And um, I have a friend, and I've quoted this many times during this period, um, his name is Ben Fensky, the painter, American painter working in Italy. And he told me this. I've never forgotten it. Uh, the one day he said, you know, great crises in human history have never been great for artists, but they've always been great for art. Hmm. And um, I know it's something I've thought about a lot and um, and what that means and, and maybe how it has reshifted our function, uh, the way that we use art. And we really should be. I think art has a massive 
it's got a utilitarian side that often isn't spoken about, especially in the visual arts in terms of paintings and pictures on walls because they're, you know, so easily um, brought into a space of, of being commodified and bought and sold and all of that. But, um, you know, the performing arts maybe not so much because one does have to be present in order to watch a ballet or watch a, you know, poetry um, recital. But, um, but with painting, I think I, I always love to include the conversation about... Um, well, how it functions in my life, because it very much is a practice that I use um, for all of these, you know, components we're talking about to live a richer life, to yeah. be more present as a sort of practice and as a, a, so, as a meditation in my own life. Alice, very briefly, because um, we need to go to the break. Mm-hmm. Um, if people want to see your exhibition, give us the details. Yes, it will be at Wildecrantz Country House, which is just off the end to, you take the same turn off going towards the Hoho Hotel. It will be on the 31st of October opening and um, every weekend until the 8th of November, which is two weekends, and then by appointment um, during the week. So it would be lovely to have anyone who's in the area to come by and have a look at the paintings I've created. Fantastic. That's the artist Alice Toich, and you can catch her exhibition, Eat the Tomatoes, where you're from, Exquisite Works, and you can go to the Wildecrantz Country House. We'll give you more details on that in a moment. The Jet Set Breakfast on SAFM. Destination unknown. It's 9.22, you are with SAFM, and don't forget, just after 10 o'clock, you will have the lovely KG and Seasons taking you through until 1. So that exhibition that we spoke about, Alice Toich, Eat the Tomatoes Where You Are From, with an Italian style of painting, which is quite exquisite, is taking place at the Wildecrans Country House as part of something called the Elgin Open Gardens. And if you want to find out more about that, you can go to the elgenopengardens.co.za. And uh, what is unique is that uh, you can participate in farm shopping, picnics and all things foodie in those gardens. And then all those donations um, and entry is donations based will go to the Bot River Education Foundation. So what is the Bot River Education Foundation? Well, on the line with us, we have the man Anthony Hess, who leads the BREF, the foundation, and who's a beneficiary of the Gardens Show. Anthony, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, Michelle. Thank you very much. Anthony, tell us a bit about the Bot River Education Foundation. Yes, you know, the Bot River is just about five kilometers from the Valdecrans Country House. Um, and uh, we are an education foundation established in 2005. And um, it is basically a very simple mentoring program where we take kids from grade 3 up to uh, grade 12, and we put them through a decade-long mentoring program, you know, talking about education, talking about life, and in the meantime also provide them with valuable uh, tutoring academic uh, time, you know. And uh, it's about, you know, our kids are coming from very impoverished backgrounds. I mean, they don't have the mentorship that you would have in in a middle-class family. Parents are working late, you know, on the farms and in the factories, and and we've um, and, and we're actually playing that role, you know, as a mentor. Yeah. Um, make sure that they know where they're heading. Make sure that they know how to study. Make sure that they know what their specific career path is. And yeah. our motto is actually do it yourself. You know, the student um, teacher ratios in our schools, public schools. I mean, it's quite high. It's about one. To 45, and how do you expect a student from a socioeconomic disadvantaged background 
yeah. to have a proper mathematics education, for example, yeah. in such a high uh, uh, student-teacher ratio. Anthony, and, uh, I want to just jump yeah. in and I want to ask you, you talk about mentorship and I, I think that mentorship is something that's critical in the country at the moment and a lot of people are talking about it. What does mentorship actually mean for both the mentee and the mentor? Well, I mean, for the mentors, obviously, to to play that role module, you know, mm. um, who's been through the system, I mean, exactly knows where the students are actually coming from. Yeah. And try and instill that sense of, of ownership of your own future and not and not try and, and rely on handouts. Yeah. For the mentees, obviously, to to look at their peers and to look at those who are in the senior phases of the programs. So we've got we've got kids from grade three to grade twelve and then we also have those at at, at university or tertiary institutions. I mean, from 2005 to now, I mean, we've got over 30 graduates thus far. You know, hmm. some of them accountants, uh, engineers, uh, teachers, uh, and so on. Even one who has actually done astrophysics. And hmm. while having these discussions, you know, the tutoring sessions, the report back sessions, these youngsters, they actually listen very carefully for for six, seven, eight years to what the others are saying in the in the senior phases mm. and then try and implement that you know at their specific education level where they are now yeah so tell me um do you find that uh, some of the mentees end up becoming mentors at a later stage oh yes no no of course i mean that costs absolutely nothing i mean if you an accountant I mean, you can call in our mentees to say, please come in during the the school holidays, come and spend a week with me. Yeah. I mean, you don't need to know the, the subject matter per se, but I mean, just sit there in the meetings, take notes, you know, and then when the kids are going back to school, at least there's some purpose in learning for them, you know. Um, we've we've had uh, two of our of our graduates, still youngsters, who's actually part of the uh, committee. Yeah. Uh, uh, but I mean, we've actually released it now and said, listen, I, we don't think you're ready to do that. Focus on your on your careers for now and just do that mentorship uh, role uh, at, at, at that stage. Yeah. Anthony, I imagine that uh, if we look at what's going on with regards to COVID-19, this must be a very challenging year as an education foundation. Um, you know, yes and no. No in the sense, I, I, early, earlier I spoke about our motto of do it yourself. I mean, we knew that our kids need to have the skills of, of doing research. Um, I mean, they don't have the resources. I mean, it's high student-teacher ratios. So we need to instill of them a sense of how do I get to an answer if there's a specific question. And that has been our, our, our trend. We're not trying to to copy the, the caps, uh, uh, you know, the curriculum of, of the schools, we're telling the kids, listen, what do you need to get to an answer? For example, what does GDP, what does that stand for? I don't know. So, oh, so where would you find the answer? My textbook, okay, I don't have a textbook, so well, we can provide you with the internet. You can go and get the textbook there. Go to YouTube, go to Google. Yeah. And only once you, and then you've got a facilitator would actually guide them through their process. And that's coming from a very early stage. You talk about grade three, go and do research, do it yourself. So during this COVID uh, 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 period now, I mean, our kids are busy online. 
We've got we're in regular contact. I mean, they must send us the work that they're doing. And we very much exercise, you know, question paper based because that mm. will tell you whether the kids are actually understanding their work. So there's regular, uh, you know, conversation, communication between the mentors and between the, the facilitators to see where the kids are. Obviously, I mean, uh, data in uh, airtime, I mean, that is a problem. And there you need a lot of funding. But, I mean, whatever they need, we provide them. So uh, so the contact is important, yes. But, I mean, because we've taught them from a very early stage to work on their own, to do research on their own, and how to do research, this is actually where that whole motto of ours actually come into play where they've got to do it themselves. Anthony Hess, he leads the Bot River Education Foundation. If you want to find out more about the Elgin Open Gardens, you can go to elgenopengardens.co.za. And if you want to go and see Alice Toich's work, you go to Wildekrantz Country House. And uh, all donations that you make to participate in the Open Gardens will go to the Bot River Education Foundation. It's 9.30. It's high time.